too late, there's no turning back boys. There's no turning back. The watchdog has begun to growl. Ay, 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 in dealing with the idea of something which again we see is a very difficult com- concept for us to deal with it's called the idea of reward and punishment reward and punishment something which as I said beforehand seen in isolation can be extremely destructive one has to always remember that the idea of responsibility for action is to create growth it's to make a person it's to to allow someone to develop healthily and not to make you it's not the do not hear when you hear reward and punishment do not hear the voice of a infused preacher saying you're gonna burn you're gonna burn or words like eternal damnation and the like it's not, that's not the cloud that the way the turf views it. Just to give you a contrast, when you think of the Christian no- notion of hell, what you think about is the devil and poking people and and people. Are, there's, I think Hieronymus Bosch has got a, a very elaborate, uh, detailed description of what happens in hell. <laughs> Common, you know, uh, Amaratus is just ridiculous. But that's not our perception. The way Reb Tzodik says it is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his pursuit to find out, to find a way of saving every possible Jew in order that he should get a chalik in Olam which is the highest possible level he could reach to, he looked and looked and looked as it were until he found, <gasps> I have a way of saving. Even a person that wastes his life, if there's some small kernel of good, I can purify it through a process known as Gehenna. It's a chesed. And the Ramchal Tzimduk in Derech Hashem, when he speaks about Gehenim, he says, Michasto Elyon, from Akkadosh Bochus Chesed. It's a Minister Chesed which allows a person, even Kilo, once it was too late, to still have a chance. It's an amazing, it's, 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 it's a way whereby a person will be able to achieve a level which without it he would never have been able to achieve. So, therefore, of course, every din is enshrouded with Midas Chesed. Says the Ramchal. So we're holding in the Perik Dalad, the fourth chapter, and the Ramchal says that everyone should be aware of the notion of When a person sees the depth of judgment at Heichen Magia, how far it goes, that a person should really be in, constant, in a constant state of shaking and trembling. Who will stand on the day of judgment? And who will be able to justify himself in front of his Creator? That his look is so exacting on each and everything, be it big or small. As our sages have taught us, it says in the Pasuk, in Amos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, tells a person what his conversation was. And the Gemara in Chagiga explains this to be referring to Afilu Even a casual conversation between a man and his wife, Magidin Lola Adam, 
Bishas Hadin is told to a person at the time of judgment. In other words, the way the Ramchal is using this Gemara is to illustrate even in what we would consider the trivial areas of our life, the way we pass a random comment to a friend at the lunch table, even the little conversations that we've probably forgotten about, even though we have 300 of them per day, and we just make casual remarks, and we say, come on, Bonza, or whatever the case may be, and in doing so, we don't even understand that that's something which, which is liable for din. Again, the point is as follows. If it's liable for din, it means that there is an expectation for you to be of the level whereby you even weigh up those areas of your life. Din is always a relationship between the person that's being judged and the judge. The person, the person that's being judged, the implicit directive towards him is, you can do it. You can't be judged on something that's beyond your abilities. That's, that's a perversion of justice. Judgment means that a person that has a talent in an area is called to bring out that talent into fruition. <coughs> person that has a talent. <laughs> person that has a talent. Judgment, judgment means that HaKosh Baruch is saying to you HaKosh Baruch is saying to you HaKosh Baruch is saying to you He says to you as follows He says I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Judgment is a demand of greatness on the person. The more we live in the, the world of din, the bigger we are as people. It's an idea which is so fundamental, but is often so misconstrued. When we think about judgment, all that happens to us is our mind clouds over and we think to ourselves, Oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, I hate Hashem. It's the wrong way of approaching it. Clearly. <laughs> The way of approaching it is that that's what I can do? You're joking. The demand, in fact, is a description of what you can achieve. Because if you couldn't achieve it, so then you would be demanded, you would be held accountable for not doing it. So when it says, it means that our level of greatness is such that even casual conversations are rooms for growth, are place where we have to put in. It's fascinating. Continues the Ramchal and he says, and his surroundings are extremely stormy. It teaches me that Kodesh is exacting with his righteous men like the like a hair's breadth. Avram. Avram is a person that was so beloved to HaKadosh Baruch Hu until it's written upon him Avram Oyavi, Avram my beloved He didn't escape being judged 
because of light things that he didn't do because he said the two words how will I know that my children will be um, worthy of inheritance and going to the land of Israel because he said that his children were sent into exile because he signed the covenant with Avimelech without the Hashem's command I will postpone the joy of your children for seven generations Yaakov so I mean this whole mystery is extremely puzzling what is the Ramchal want over here? In other words, there's a fundamental question. What's he trying to prove? He's trying to prove that our relationship to Din is distorted. What is possibly the most dangerous approach to life in relation to Tshuva? Well, one could suggest the most dangerous approach to life in relation to tshuva is a person who lives a life and they don't think that they've got anything to do tshuva for. Or translated into other terms, they don't understand the consequences of din. For example, if I look at myself and I say to myself, listen, the truth is, I'm doing amazingly well. I'm from, I've got tzitzis which are so thick you could tie up a ship to its berth with them. And they've got racing stripes. And they're made of wool and they come down to my knees. My yamulka is so large it covers over my entire ball patch. My general being is I can shuffle like a master. I can shuckle. I can shuckle like a giant. What, what more is there to do? What more is there to do? I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a super yid. I'm a super yid. So therefore when I think about the notion of chuva, I, like, I have to wreck my brain and think Mm, maybe I can bench with more Kavana. And the problem is that I'm not getting it. I'm just not getting the whole thing. That if I would actually evaluate where I stand in terms of where I should be, I'm not only like 90% of the way there and just have to fix up the last 10%. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the ballpark. I'm actually not in the ballpark. I'm completely and totally missing the point. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Right now we're working on the trying to do chuva on the space of time from when we wake up in the morning until we start saying Baruch She'oma. It's not a big chunk of time in your day. It depends who you are, how long that takes. First thing is when you wake up in the morning, so you say so you say lefanecha. Then the Shulchan Aruch says, it's a law, it's, it's stated in the Shulchan Aruch, it's the first halach in the Shulchan Aruch. It says, Yiskaber Kari, you should rise up like a lion, Lavoidus Boyer. It's a loch in the Shulchan Aruch. When I wake up, is that what I think? That's what I think. I have to wake up, meaning it, just, it doesn't mean wake up like a people, many Yeshiva Bochimans, Akasha. Hooray, a lion is one of the latest animals there are. A lion after eating its prey can sleep for two days solid. It's much like a yeshiva bach after chalent. 
wakes up on Tuesday, says, see, that's why uh, uh, I have daughters until Tuesday. A lion, a lion is not a is not a really active animal, but Yiskabe Kari means just like a lion when he's fierce, he has that power, that's the ferocity you have to have in the fight against your Yetzirah in the morning. So in other words, a complete departure from that halacha would be you wake up in the morning and you push the snooze button. It's doing the opposite of what the Torah requires of you. Good. So, so when a person pushes his snooze button, so you say to him, do you have anything to do with Shiva for? And he thinks and he says, uh, one second, one second, one, se- one second. <laughs> well, we don't think of anything Shiva, but you start off. So first of all, you say Shiva. So Shiva is on the way I wake up in the morning. Got plenty of room for Shiva there. Then the next thing you do, so I'm assuming you all have negovasas. Of course, by your bed, right? Wash your hands six times on the day. Like the Mr. Burr says explicitly that if you don't and you, the longer you keep that tum on your hands, the worse off you are. Because that's why you shouldn't definitely walk Dalad Amas with it. Definitely, the Zara Kaddish goes to extreme degrees to how harmful that is to a person. But you wash immediately, immediately afterward, you wash it. Chazal Shalom to touch any part of your body because it's harmful because you've got Ruch So this morning I wake up and I say, for me, the Ruch isn't so real. The fact that I wake up in the morning, I've got, if I touch food with these hands, you have to throw it away. It's expensive, maybe. Ask a rov. But essentially, my food is with my hands, I've filled with tumor. Is that the relationship I have to my hands when I wake up in the morning? And if not, uh, I'm far away from Torah. So I cr- I'm far away from Torah in terms of my middles, because in the first, the, uh, what I'm doing is talking about my, the first two minutes of my day. And then, how do I say that? is an expression of thanks that your neshama has been returned to your guf and it didn't have to happen it didn't have to have happened I see from the moment I open up my eyes and I say I have a muna in a Baruch that he gave back my neshama is that the way I process getting up in the morning? no, I get up in the morning I press my snooze button and then I rush up to Shachris and I find somewhere, somewhere, somewhere along the line I wash my hands so, in other words, in the first five minutes of there's, there's, I could do tshuva on the first five minutes of my day. And that's before we start saying brochas and the kavana in brochas, and that's before shachris, and that's before I go into it. And that's, if I take my day, all I have to do is I would take one day and divide it up into parts from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to sleep. I could probably find room for tshuva in every second of my day. In every second of my day, there's a great departure from the Ratz and Hashem. The way I speak, the way I think, the way I do, the way I look, the way I hear, the way I... Everything! So I'm so, 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 so far away. Yes! Avadam! Shemesh Abbas and Kashos Kavaldik. But Shemesh Abbas and Kashos is not even, it's not even starting. And after all of that, there's another demand on me that I have to live my mission and contribute my particular chedek in this world. That's on top of everything. That, you know, everything else is just the framework, those are the rules. And then there's, Hashem says, but you have to give your, your new contribution, and that's only going to happen if you take every ounce of your individual talents and bring them out in the correct context in your avoidance, Hashem. So now you say, well, how far away are you from, from what you're meant to be doing? A few billion light years? When you realize that, then you're close to Tshuva. 
if you don't understand the Oymekadin, so you're very, very far away from Tshuva, because you think, okay, I've got like a few like things to fill up. No, you have to realize, the way Rabbi Israel says it, We're standing so far away from the place that we're meant to be. We are so distant. We are so not there. Now, these words, some people, sound discouraging. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to pick up the broken souls from the table. These words sound discouraging. These words are actually inspiring. I just have to explain to you why. They aren't intrinsically inspiring. After explanation, they'll hopefully be inspiring. These words are inspiring because the most dismal and depressing thought in a person's personal life is the idea of stagnation. Stagnation is akin to death. Change is an expression of life. The more room for change there is, the greater the vitality there is within self. When a person realizes that every second could be changed, it means locked into every millisecond of my life, there's so much more life to be lived. There's so much more vitality. There's no area where there's stagnation. There's no area where there is entropy. Don't know what the word means. Let's use it anyway. Sure? I'd be bound by grammatical rules and etymological definitions. Entropish! Well, Yiddishize it. Entropish kind. <coughs> Scornished. In other words, every, every room for movement and everything, and not only is there room for that vitality, but I can do it! And here we see that if a person has emuna in the oimek hadin, in the, the exactitude of judgment, it has to become accompanied with another strong emuna. A person has to have the deepest emuna in himself. You have to believe that you can get there. And the minute that that belief is challenged, so then the din becomes overwhelming and depression sets in. You have to believe in your own godless. There's two emunas. There's a emuna in Hashem and there's a emuna in me. What me? There's a emuna that my neshama is unlimited. That my potential for closeness is unlimited. That my potential for greatness is unlimited. I can do it. I can do it. With that emuna you can build. Without that emuna you get broken and crushed. With that emuna you're a walking supernatural being. You're descended of people that could go 120 days without eating or drinking. That could walk through fire and come out unscathed. That's what a Jew is. So granted it takes a little bit of practice to get there. In the meantime, strongly suggest, no one try. 120 days hunger fast. Or alternatively going through the flames. But it does take practice, but, but that's the raw potential. A Jew is fundamentally a supernatural being. Our potential for growth is completely and totally unlimited, and you need that emuna in the emunas Yisrael, the emuna in you, the emuna in your neshama. If you don't have the emuna in the neshama, so you, you just you put the cap on. It reminds me of that story I've told you so many times before about the king and the... Co what kind of castle was it? Well, the truth is, <laughs> it was magnificent. It was absolutely awe-inspiring because when you when you started walking up this little hillock upon which the castle was built and you <coughs> glance it from afar the the sheer beauty was so overwhelming for so many people they would stay st stand there awestruck for minutes on end 
as the finest Italian marble carved turrets almost shall we say stretched out to the sky in a yearning for heavenly connection and little wispy clouds intercepted those turrets the flags proudly waving in the gentle wind and the sun shining on the walls of the castle shimmered like the sea and in the castle there was a king he was consulting his throne room his throne embossed with the finest jewels his wonderful crown studded with emeralds fashioned from white gold and he sat upon sat upon his throne his royal raiments cascading down away to the floor the royal purple of course in front of him came a man a man dressed like a commoner but with a mysterious grin upon his face and he says your highness I have a lesson to teach you. You commoner will teach me a lesson, scoffed the king. Well, I'll tell you what. If you can manage to do so, your life will be spared. But otherwise, and he turned and looked to the two guards standing on his right-hand side, and they drew their swords, glistening, sharp, razor sharp. Your head will be rolling upon this floor. <laughs> so the commoner retained his confidence and he says it's all about these two jugs your highness jugs commoner what do you mean jugs and he took out these two jugs actually vessels which were made from pottery had leather covers because this was in time before plastic was invented and they still funnily enough had had rubber bands around them i don't know where he got them it's obviously he borrowed them from the future and he had these rubber bands around this otherwise completely organic structure and he opened up one of these jugs and they were they were made from the most fascinating earthenware that was actually translucent and you could see inside it was enormously crafts one for craftsmanship opened it up and there were fleas jumping about and they all jumped and scattered around the floor and the commoner was a little bit embarrassed and the king was getting increasingly irate and then he said wait your highness watch this and he took the other jug filled with fleas and he shook it and he shook it and he shook it and the fleas jumped up, jumped up, jumped up, jumped up. And they kept on hitting the top, hitting the top, hitting the top, hitting the top. And then he said, watch this. Do you remember, Your Highness, when you saw the, all those other fleas jump out of this other same size jug, what happened? And the king says, go on with it, commoner. And he says, well, wait and see. He took off the lid and he shook this jug and all the fleas jumped. But they only jumped to the height where the cap previously was. None of them jumped out. And he said, you see, Your Highness, they can, but they don't, because they don't know they can. Your Royal Highness, said the commoner, if you institute this lesson into your kingdom, and you tell your subjects that they're jumping against a lid which doesn't exist, you will open up your kingdom to enormous progress. And the king looked at him, sincerely moved, and he said, Your head is spared. Be gone. And the man turned to him and he says, I mean, I could have at least got a shkoyach. <laughs> but anyway, off he went. And that's the end of the story. But the story is very relevant for us because I think one of our deepest, deepest tragedies 
and the life that we live is so unfulfilled ironically in a way that we don't even realize it we think the cap is there and we think we've reached it and the Midas Hadin says you haven't even begun your distance from where you should be is an understanding of the cap you've put on yourself you have to realize that there is no limit to where you should be and that is the beginning of tshuva the beginning of tshuva is that realization without that realization you can't really get off the ground because it's all about mild says the Ramchal and that's Avram Avinu Avram Avinu once he reached his level of absolute sitkus and he was called beloved by his creator and then he said two words but may I you no no Avram Avinu he says no even there I want you to grow even there Yaakov Al Shechora Apoy Berochel because he lost his patience with his wife she said to him sorry she said to him, Havali Bonim, give me children. Omri Bemedrash Zal. Omri Akadosh Bochu. Says Akadosh Bochu. Kach Oinim Esam Ukois. This is the way you reply to people in trouble. Chayecho, Shebonecho, Oimdim Lifne Bono. You see, your children will stand before hers. Yosef. Ulafisha Nason is Dina Beteva. And because he placed Dina in a box in order that Esav shouldn't take her for sure he's justified in doing it because he stopped he removed he deprived his brother of kindness said to Yaakov Avinu you stopped your brother from experiencing because of that you didn't want to Marry her off to a man who was circumcised. In other words, Esau hari nisas oral. She will get married to an oral, meaning Shechem. Lo bekashta lasicha derech heter harei hinisas derech Esau. You wanted to not marry her in a permissible way. She got married in also way. Now this this is a bizarre. It's a bizarre raya. Uh, imagine Yaakov Avinu. He's got his evil brother Esau. So the reason is why he should have. He should have given dinner to Esau as a wife. I mean, anyone that knows something about Shidduchim says like, after a few of like, you know, you like, do a little bit of the research and you say, tell me about this bocha. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, this bocha. What's he like? Well, the truth is, you know, he hasn't killed anyone in the last, you know, a few days. Um, what do you mean? Well, no, he's a bit of a murderer. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it's probably going to change. People change after they get married. You know, he's, he's like a little bit Nogaita Vodazora, you know, he's like, he's, he's, he's compared to a pig. So, Yakovini uh, says, look, he says, you know, I'm saying, um, you know, you have to be a really good Shatran to sell this one. No, you, you all know what Shatran stands for, right? Shin Dalet Chofnun. You know? Good, Baruch Hashem, I'm since, is anyone married over here? Oh. Um, Shadchan, Shadchan, it's important that you know it's Bochrim. Shadchan is the, it's a, it's an acronym. Everyone knows that. Sha, sha, Sheker, Doiver, Kesef, Noitel. Speaks lies, takes money. Um, so, 
So you'd have to be a massively talented shotgun to sell Ace of to Yaakov. Imagine. Look at the Yaakov's. So what was the time of a Kodesh Bokhan Yaakov Avinu? He did the right thing. He did the right thing. He wasn't meant to marry of Dina to Ace of. It would have been Mamish, the worst thing in the world he could have done. So the Bible must say, Avada, he did the right thing. The Tavir on Yaakov Avinu, the claim against him wasn't that he didn't marry off Dina to Esau. It's that when he didn't marry off Dina to Esau, he didn't feel the tragedy that he didn't marry off Dina to Esau. In life, that's how some people used to explain the Kirch of a Havamina. He should have had a Havamina. He should have gone through a process and said, listen, I've got a brother, I've got a great daughter. It could be that if she marries him, she'll be able to get him on the, on the back onto the path. She could completely change him. And then he'd have to go and make a shikala dice. And in the end, even if he said, no, the truth is, it's not worth the risk, I'm not going to marry her, then he would have had, then Akash Baruch would have no time as him. The problem was, ah, I'm going to marry her off to him. You should have thought about it. In other words, even in the Havamina, a person has to be emistic, has to be Yashar, has to think carefully. You following me? He wasn't sensitive enough to his brother's well. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Continues the message. Sorry. Who else would Dina marry? Sorry. Shem had. Who That's what happened, right? He married Shem ben Chamor. Who's a goyim? Goyim. So maybe that's a town on Yaakov. There was a town on Yaakov. That's why I said that he happened because of what you did. That's why she got so married to him. He he knew that there was no other Jews. So he should have, even though Esau was a Russia, that was should have been a good. Uh, no, 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 no. She, in the end, Dina didn't marry Shem because he got killed by Levi, Shimon and Levi, right? Yeah. In the end, she married Shimon. <laughs> okay, good. This is her brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, boys, come in. Is that okay? Huh? Five minutes. Okay. Um, weiter. <laughs> <laughs> You're safe. If you should ask him, because you have to say the two words of Shah, Kim Zuchatani, Itchah. Because he said those extra two words, he has given an extra two years in jail. Because he um, mummified his father without permission from Hashem. Because he heard the phrase that his brothers called his father his slave, meaning they said, Your father, Yosef's father is Yosef's slave, and he didn't comment. The market is the market is the machloikas. Because of that, Meisif Ne'ach Echov, he died before before his brothers. David, David, because he called the words of Torah songs, Nenash, he was punished. Nechal b'dvar Uzov and his Arba b'dvar Simchasoi, that he was failed in the in in the in the in regard to Uza and his Simcha was destroyed. Michal, the Vishayichicha is David because she rebuked David She rebuked David for dancing in front of the Torah. Nancha, she was punished. that she only had a child in her death. Chizkiyah, the Vishayichicha is based on the Chayisoy because Chizkiyah showed the Babylonian kings his treasury, Nigzar Albonav Yosurisim Bahechel Melech Bavel, his children were decreed to be eunuchs in the 
sanctuary in the king of the king of Bavel of Babylon and there are many many more in other words it seems to be that the general theme of the Ramchal squeeze in two minutes this is like the end of the last year we're starting a new year soon um, so it seems to be that the, the theme of the Ramchal is he's trying to get us to understand the Oymek Kadin. We would have thought that these people are so righteous that there can be nothing that can be demanded from them beyond what they've already done. And seemingly it's meant to be a Kalvu Choymer. If these people who did so much right and they were on such a level that's beyond their comprehension and even them they didn't come out clean from Din, we who absolutely saturated Novaras, how much more so do we have to be careful about every little thing we do all back to the same board you understand this is step one of chuva step one of chuva is understanding that we are far 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 away from ourselves our potentials our greatness and consequently far 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 away from hashem and it's shavta adoshem lokecho chuva is to get back to our Kodesh Baruch. We have to go back there. Without Midas Adin, we can't get back there because we won't know that we're far away. We think we're there already. That's the worst thing in the world a person can think. Because then you can never get there. Never. What about avoid him like, if, you, if you love it, then you don't need it then. It's not, it's not true. You'll think I'm doing all the avoid I need to do. I'm being even a Shem I wake up in the morning. I daven by myself. <laughs> He'll realize the expectations. Not out of a, not out of a, a pressure, but out of a desire, out of a want. Again, over here, I don't think he's described Avor Yira. He's describing the Oymekadin. What the way you respond to it, you could respond from Ava, you could respond from Yira. He's just discussing how far your obligation lies. He's not discussing the motive behind fulfilling it. Karaboy say we'll stop there.